Xbox has patents, delays, and Windows hits a major milestone. Happy Saturday, friends. Usually it's a Friday, but I was busy on a Friday traveling, doing other stuff, and this is my favorite thing to do each week, and so we're doing it on a Saturday morning before the kid wakes up, so if there's any monster noises from beyond the, the microphone... It's uh, an eight-year-old stomping around upstairs. Either way, good week, interesting week, some big bombshell news in the world of Microsoft, so let's just dive in. Uh, Microsoft has released a key piece of .NET this week, or a .NET update, I should say. It looks like we're getting close to .NET 7 being launched, considering that Microsoft build here is in about, oh, three weeks, two, two weeks away, something like that. Uh, wouldn't it surprise me if they potentially launch it at that event. Also, .NET MAUI uh, also hit RC3, which, you know, if you read the tea leaves here, it looks like build is where these things are going to pop into general availability or something like that. Uh, speaking of popping, there were some good, good uh, Windows 11 news this week. So Microsoft, as they had warned us, has once again split the dev and beta branches. And so now we first have our first look at what we call Sun Valley 3, or the next major update to Windows 11. So it is build 25115, but that also means uh, also build 22621, which was also released this week, is Sun Valley 2. And it's actually believed that 22621 is likely going to be the RTM build of Sun Valley 2, which, as we also sometimes call it, 22H2, but I'll get into that in a in a second so either way we've got our first build of sun valley 3 we've got the finalized build or near finalized build of sun valley 2 uh now available just on the insider ring so they're not generally available yet uh for the sun valley 2 stuff but here's sort of like like reading through the stuff the, the sun valley 2 stuff we'll start there is interesting because hey we are in the middle of may we kind of believe this is 22H2, which is typically launched in October-ish timelines, somewhere around there, September maybe if we're lucky, something like that maybe-ish, we'll see. But if it's signed off now, Microsoft has a long runway, and so what's going to happen in the second half of the year for Windows 11? Is this truly just going to be 22H2, or are we going to get other builds and updates along the way? I don't think we'll get a true new build, but remember, Microsoft has broken apart so many different features and, and components of Windows 11, they can now kind of shove updates as as they come available, which is interesting in some ways. Key piece being tabs and File Explorer are not currently available in Sun Valley 2 or even in the Sun Valley 3 branch, but Microsoft sort of hinted on Twitter that, hey, like we can deliver this whenever we want. So while we don't know when it's coming, I don't know if it's coming with Sun Valley 2 or if it's going to be a Sun Valley 3 thing or how much longer we have to wait. Microsoft very clearly announced it, but I mean, announcing stuff and not shipping it hasn't stopped them in the past. I mean, they've announced sets, they announced the Service Neo, they announced the, the Service Hub 2, like the original spinning one, they announced the Service Hub 2, like, like tangible monitor thing that never, anyways, you guys get the point. Either way, interesting kind of just juggling of what's going on in the world of Windows, because let's, let's pretend that Sun Valley 3 is, SV3, is the next build, which would in theory, you know, based on their previous release cadence, would be 23H1, but then Microsoft has also told us Hey, we're only doing one major update per year, but it kind of feels like Microsoft may not be doing one major update per year. I'm just going to throw that out there. That's just me. I'll be curious what you guys kind of think, uh, just because <clears throat> we you can just watch the process is all I'm saying. And it doesn't look like they're on a one major update per year cadence. So either way, uh, Windows 11 is getting a new sound recorder app. If you've ever said, hey, my sound in Windows 11 is not what I want it to be, the app. You get a new one. Uh, this is really is just Microsoft's continuous slow update of all the inbox apps, and now it looks a little bit more Windows 11-y, and it's a little bit better. 
So either way, uh, Microsoft has also announced, it a, announced a new feature for Edge called Secure Network. Now, this is pretty cool. I'm, I'm in favor of this with one little caveat. So um, it's basically a VPN built in to Microsoft Edge. Now, VPNs have kind of really splashed onto the scenes and they're probably sponsoring all your favorite YouTubers online going, go use our VPN. Uh, so now Edge has one built in and you get one gig of data included with your account. Now, here's sort of the, the trade-off. A VPN is great for blocking your ISP from seeing what you are doing, but to access this feature, you have to log into your Microsoft account to get that one gig of data. So you're trading having your ISP be able to see what you do to let Microsoft see what you do. Uh, so you can kind of juggle how you figure that out, which one is better, which one's worse. I think ISPs kind of speak for themselves. So I don't know uh, either way, but I mean, if you go with a third party one, like one of the many major popular ones, you're effectively saying, hey, you can see our data, even though they claim or some of them claim that they anonymize all the data. You're just taking their word for it uh, at that. So either way, uh, Microsoft also unveiled this week new adaptive accessories coming this fall. This is one of their cool initiatives where they, they really focus on accessibility. And this time they're targeting really like mouse and buttons. And these uh, items will be shipping this fall and they're highly customizable. And I'll be very curious to see how people can use them in unique ways. Think of things like the Xbox adaptive controller. This is they're they're working on doing similar ish things. It's not perfect pa parallel, but it's pretty close for the mouse and, and button setup for utilizing Windows. Pretty neat. Pretty neat. Definitely on board with that. Uh, and Microsoft also unveiled or, or made available, I should say, the Build 22 session catalog. So if you are going to be watching Build, you can definitely start trying to scope out the sessions you're going to want to be logging into. And uh, Build is happening here in about two-ish weeks, something like that. Now, on to the gaming news where there were some bombshells, if you will. It was a very poorly sounding bombshell, but either way. A uh, couple things here. First off, the big news of the week is that Starfield and Redfall have been delayed until 23, uh, first half of 23. 2023, that is, I should, I guess, clarify some people might think it's delayed to 3033. Who knows? Who knows? Uh, either way. So these titles have been delayed. Now, this feels awkward. The reason being is that Microsoft started really pushing that hype scale for Starfield a few weeks ago, maybe it was even a few months ago at this point, just slowly dripping content and then to come out and say, hey, it's delayed. So a couple of thoughts here, either this delay decision was made pretty late, uh, pretty late in the process, or they just wanted to stick to their marketing cadence and they're pretty confident they're going to hit their next milestone. So we all know that there's a Bethesda event happening in June where we should get our first look at Starfield. The thing I am massively and very with my peepers going to be paying attention to here is how detailed of information do we get on Starfield? Think about what happened with Halo Infinite. We all know Craig. Are we going to see a, a just... If we only see concepts and then just two people sitting at a table talking about what Starfield is and no real gameplay, I'm going to be a little bit more nervous. Now, if we see some real gameplay, and I don't mean cutscenes and I don't mean highly polished stuff, I mean true, actual gameplay, then I will feel a lot better about where the progress is of the product. I don't think Microsoft knows the damage that happened with Halo Infinite. They're not going to let that happen to Starfield because it has been hyped, and I'm very hyped about it, and it looks great, but at the same time, it, we don't really know what it looks like. Like, we see some concept imagery. Either way, I'm going to be watching extremely closely to make sure it's not just pre-rendered cutscenes, it's not just pre-rendered polished stuff that came out of Adobe After Effects rather than being recorded in-game. If it came out of Adobe After Effects, I'm going to be very nervous about them hitting the deadline. If, it, if it's actual in-game content, 
running on an Xbox, let me clarify that, then I'll feel a bit better. We'll see. It, we're, we really just got to wait and see at this point. But um, those two dropping raises another great question. What is, what's Microsoft's grand push going to be for this fall, right? Last fall, it was Halo Infinite. You had Age, you had a Forza, you had a bunch of titles, a bunch of titles dropping. This fall, uh, what are we going to get? So here's my Halo Infinite conspiracy theory founded on nothing other than it makes a good narrative, but I don't necessarily believe that it's true, mostly because there's some incompetence issues along the way. So here's my grand poobah of a Halo Infinite conspiracy theory. Microsoft, or more specifically 343 and Microsoft, knew that Starfield was going to be delayed, which is why they extended Season 2 of Halo Infinite to six months. The reason why they did it at six months is that they know that, hey, Season 3 will launch in November, which is when Starfield should have launched, when Microsoft needs a big push of content for holiday shopping to get Xbox and Xbox Game Pass re-signed happening that month. So they took things that were going to be in Halo Infinite Season 2, they're bumping all that to Season 3 effectively, right? We've already seen when Forge is going to launch, when Co-op is going to launch, and all that stuff is in early fall. And so that way they at least have some big things to celebrate in the fall because Starfield is going to leave a big giant void in all of our hearts. And so that's my conspiracy theory on that. I don't know if it's founded. It's a lot of... That's a lot of cross-org communication and deliverance, um, and that might be a little a little much, you know, giving Xbox too much credit for something like that, or 343 for that matter. Either way, that is my conspiracy theory on, on all that stuff. Also, something I wrote in 2018 has been validated by a new Microsoft patent. Back in 2018, right before, I think it was right around the time of the Xbox One a diskless version got launched. I wrote that Microsoft had a program called Disk to Digital that they were trying to bring to market. Now, what this was, you took your disk into a Best Buy, if you will. That was the example that I've been running with. You take that disk, you put it in a machine at Best Buy, it reads the disk, and then you get into digital entitlement to your Microsoft account for that game. So it's called Disk to Digital. This week, there was a patent uncovered that Microsoft was granted called, uh, and the title of the post is Microsoft Patent Could Verify Physical Games for Xbox digital library. It is exactly the disk to digital program. And if you read the patent itself, it just means you put a disk in a machine, it reads it, it gives you an entitlement online and syncs it up to your MSA. That is the whole thing. Now, I still don't know if this is coming to market. It was previously shot down where Microsoft had issues with it primarily at the retail level. Got to remember 2018 is totally different than 2022. And so, yeah, we'll see if it ever does come to market. I know there are people who would definitely enjoy it mostly because the, the discless console, like the Xbox Series S, the PlayStation also has one now. It is the future, and discs are going to go away. They might stick around, I should say, potentially as like collector's items or something like that. But either way, uh, Microsoft got a patent for it, but it doesn't necessarily mean it's coming to market. But it does exist, like they have the, the technical capability. Also, one other feature that I am very pumped for, so I play a lot of uh, the games in an Xbox party chat, and there's new in Xbox party chat noise suppression. So if you have somebody in your party who has a lot of background screaming from a kid, potentially unplugging their Xbox or whatever going on in the kitchen, getting yelled at by their spouse, uh, this... <laughs> this feature should suppress that noise. Now, it's only on the alpha build of Xbox OS, but it should be coming to everything, and it also is turned on by default, so if you're having some weird funky issues, you might be able to turn it off, but for the sanity of your friends and everybody else in the party, leave it on, because I suspect that this is very similar to what is included in Microsoft Teams, and I expect that it should be pretty good, and probably, hopefully more than likely, rolling out with the Xbox update next month. So, uh, there you go. So, diving into the questions of the week. 
Uh, if I could get over to the correct tab here. There we go. So, uh, questions of the week. Will R says, hey, Brad, don't know if you take Xbox video game questions. I absolutely do. I love Xbox. Uh, Forza Horizon 5 is going to get, is Forza Horizon 5 going to get 120 frames per second on the Series X? I got an LG OLED. Great TVs, by the way. I have an LG OLED as well. A few months ago. And once you get used to 120 frames per second, it's difficult to go back. I agree. Forza, sh- uh, I, I, it was on their roadmap at one point to bring 120 frames per second. I don't know if it's still on their roadmap to do that. I hope that it does. I, the thing that's been happening a lot with the Xbox, and this isn't breaking any news or anything, is that they, they typically have like performance mode and quality mode. And I'm waiting for that to go away. And then there just be Xbox mode, which is 120 frames per second without having to think about, you know, toggling PCs like settings on your Xbox. So uh, I don't know. I hope it does. Either way, the LG 120 frames per second stuff, when you have a game that supports it, like Warzone, you know, um, doesn't anymore, but Warzone 2, I guess, will. Uh, it, it's great. It's fantastic, and you do miss it. Uh, also runs as, hi, Brad, uh, which is more streamlined operating system, Windows 11 on Intel AMD or Windows 11 on ARM? By far a country mile over the horizon, Windows 11 on uh, AMD or Intel is way, way, way ahead of where it is on ARM. I mean, even just from a logical perspective of Windows on x86-like processors has been around for basically the entire time of Windows, for lack of better terms. And ARM versions of Windows have only been around since like 2000, was it like 12? Somewhere around there, like around that timeline. So, yeah. Uh, <laughs> get an Intel AMD machine and you'll be perfectly fine. Not to mention, credit to Intel. They have done an exceptional job with their 12th gen chips that a lot of the performance gains, especially in terms of battery life or just low power performance, have are starting to show up more and more on Intel or x86 style chips. So the benefits of ARM are still there. And I'm not discounting what ARM is doing. ARM just blew it out of the water for earnings. But I would still prefer an Intel machine currently. Uh, Resvati says, long... T- uh, he says, this is my first question after watching every single episode, every single episode. You deserve I, an award and potentially also some counseling. Uh, either way, appreciate you coming along for the journey. Long-winded question coming. He says, Windows Audio and its features have been quite underwhelming ever since, well, ever. Uh, why doesn't Microsoft invest in improving or buying someone like Creative Labs and use their patents and expertise to make the experience better? They could also tie this over to the Xbox division and the list goes on and on. It is a wonderful question and I don't know why Microsoft hasn't. Now, they have partnered with companies like Dolby. You can get that Dolby codec for your PC and also for the Xbox. So that might just be the route that Microsoft thinks that they should go. They really love the extensibility model of Windows and that might be why. And they say, like, look, here's the baseline. And if you want something better, there are a myriad of options to go and prove it. I do agree, though, that it could be a little bit easier to plug and play, if you will, on the software side to make it to get that improved or enhanced quality right out of the box and link it better to an ecosystem because Microsoft does make it kind of difficult in that regard. I, I think, well, anybody who's a little bit older has probably bought a creative sound blaster card that you could plug in and had like the seven little uh, analog inputs. And so that market has pretty much gone away for the average or even gaming user at this point. A lot of us just run the cans on our head. The other thing I'd love is Microsoft to just invest in improving their Bluetooth stack in Windows because it is a dumpster fire on the greatest of days. So I tend to agree with you there. Sherlock Holmes says, 
Hi Brad, hello Sherlock. So in the light of everybody focusing on Windows 11 22H2, I'm curious about what what's in Windows 10 22H2. Even Microsoft doesn't talk about it. I don't expect there to be much of anything in 22H2. Microsoft doesn't want your machine on Windows 10 anymore. They want everybody to move to Windows 11. That is where they want everything to be. So they are not going to hype up Windows the next build or iteration of Windows 10. They're just it, that that is yesterday's news. And we're, like, we don't talk about Bruno, we don't talk about Windows 10 anymore because Windows 11 is what Microsoft wants it. So I wouldn't expect to hear much of anything or really expecting anything in terms of features, to be honest, at this point. An old Amiga user says, uh, do you think Microsoft will ever make a lightweight operating system to supplement Windows rather than replace it? No. I mean, technically they do. They have their IoT stuff and they have some other edge components, but for an, I think it's important to qualify for a consumer at the consumer level. Will they ever do this again? No, I, I think Microsoft has tried and failed too many different times, too many different ways. And unless they can find some revolutionary way for the next thing, which honestly is probably like VR, AR in that marketplace, I don't see them doing it because Windows RT multiple times has never really materialized. It still exists. But it just, it, it never turned into anything. Windows 10 S, Windows, is there even a Windows 11 S? I don't even know. Uh, but the S mode stuff has never materialized into anything. And so Microsoft, what's the justification at this point? They're not going to be able, there's nothing Microsoft can build right now that's going to go take over uh, iOS or Android market share. It doesn't exist. Like that, that market is mature. It's honestly probably even peaked at this point. And everybody has a smartphone and Microsoft can't crack that market. So what sort of device would this be on? Well, if it's going to be on a PC and it comes from Microsoft, people just expect Windows. Microsoft has learned this time and time again, that if you ship something on a device like a laptop like this, I know you can't see it unless I lift it up, and it's not Windows like we know and love of Windows today, like it, it doesn't work. Consumers have tough time adoption. And so I don't, I don't see it happening for a consumer side. Uh, Microsoft has tried and it just it doesn't ha it doesn't work and then sydney 2k wrapping it up it says oh, what's your take on the delay of starfield by bethesda to 2023 do you think starfield game is in trouble or do you think the game is polished to do better well we all know what happens when you launch a bad game ea is very good at punching itself in the face lately you have anthem and you have battlefield and so microsoft knows and there's the, the quote of a a, a Buggy game is is eventually good or whatever it is, but the, regardless of what it is, you can delay a delayed game is eventually good or what that's what it is. We can't get another Cyberpunk. Microsoft knows that they can't get a Cyberpunk. They also know that they got extremely quote unquote lucky with Halo Infinite that they got quite literally the minimum viable product out. They can't launch in a game state that is not polished at this point because the market has shown that you will get destroyed by doing that and it's reasonably justified too so i mean cyberpunk's a gleaming example of of how not to launch a game same with battlefield and same with anthem i don't know what i'm talking about here so they they have to delay it they're pretty much up against the wall the, the massive unknown here is what state is it in currently we'll get a glimpse of it on the 12th or june and month of june but either way they're not going to show off something that's going to make them look bad they already they're i can guarantee they're very sensitive to that so that we're not going to see them come out and say look here's like stick figure animations of starfield like that is not what we are all expecting the other thing too is in launching games of this quality and this caliber is 
increasingly difficult, increasing, I mean, this put aside what's happened the past two years just across the planet, launching these AAA quad A games is exceptionally difficult. It's getting harder and harder and consumer demands are higher and higher. Now, Elden Ring just did a, from, from software, just blew it out of the park and shows what can truly happen when developers have enough time because let's not act like Elden Ring was just shipped right on time either. And so Microsoft is watching that. Everybody in the industry is watching that. And so I think, I think the, as a consumer and a user and a gaming fan, I think we've all come to just sort of understand that delayed games are just the norm anymore. That They put a deadline out there and good luck hitting it. Uh, these things are complicated. The, the hardest thing about building a game, like I, I work in software and we build software. So the software just has to function, has to do its job. Games are, they don't just have to do their job. They have to be entertaining. They have to be not, not addictive, but wanting you to play more. And that's a really hard thing to to materialize and to conceptualize and like make it tangible. And so you can't really do that so you, until you start playing. And then once you start playing, you're already in a pretty far along state. And so to add those mechanics to get people coming back and back and back and playing more and more is difficult. So either a game, TLDR, game development, extremely difficult. Building quad A games that are 10 out of 10 like Elden Ring, exceptionally difficult. So either way, we'll watch here game delays are just the norm anymore. And so when a game ships on time, just consider that to be lucky or excellent project management. But even that, it, it's still, there's so many variables in this stuff. Either way, it has been a Saturday morning, my friends. I hope you have a wonderful weekend. Hopefully you have as good as weather as we have here. I'm going to go outside and play with my grass and my kid probably. But cut the grass is what I mean to say. Either way, have yourselves a wonderful weekend.